this is place for meditation after i go there it is much easier to do so when you go home we are conditioned of course we have distraction and difficulties family and all other everyday matters so then we think that place is a little bit difficult to practice so then we are conditioned to that place so always when you come to the temple i understand it is very easy but here is always not our practice the way we believe because we think it is always easy to do but everyday life uh, difficult to do so same thing when you go away from home like a couple of days or couple of weeks then you miss your home right you miss your bed you miss your family you miss your food and everything so then you think you know i'm so comfortable at home now you really thinking about oh, i really want to go home so that there is our nature there is our human nature we all go through that kind of experience <coughs> so this is what i experience now you know i travel always little crazy and so i was having a long trip like two and a half weeks uh, first went to honolulu then arizona and san diego so now early morning i get up uh, four in the morning and flying to seattle and i had a layover uh, so i was there to get the next plane to go to honolulu so i saw many hundred thousand people wandering around at the airport middle of that so many people i felt terrible be honest i felt terrible i felt painful i felt i don't want this and i felt i want to cry so loud that's what i felt just i you know the came out from the plane now i am sitting there for the next flight so then i figured out something going on in my mind because i have to fix this i have to figure out what is happening so what i did right away i grabbed my hand luggage i moved to a corner nobody is there i just sitting looking at the runway i close my eyes i start to think what is going in my mind then i figured i'm tired i'm exhausted and so because of that physical feeling and all it become very emotional so the good thing about that experience i fix it you know, i realize it within 5 minutes it took me 5 minutes but that 5 minute i felt you know that moment it is like a 300 days that's what i felt then i felt i want to destroy whole world or something like that i don't know what is coming even i don't know how to explain that experience sometimes you go through those kind of moments right so can you believe now you know looking at me i'm being a monk 30 plus years still i'm going through those kind of rough uh, air rough time so of course you know the life is difficult life is uh, full of pain and physical pain and mental pain so we all have some kind of pain some kind of difficulties so then i flew to honolulu it's a rainy bumpy choppy day <laughs> and 11:30 at night and you know the landed you know to honolulu is rain and rain and rain i had the best night sleep <laughs> and listen to the rain that was good and so then everything is okay and so what i'm sharing with you 
experiencing those life difficulties what i learn about myself practice 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 so somebody asked me when you are going to stop the practice the day i die <laughs> so there is no beginning there is no end so just practice every day so i realize if i miss my practice if i miss my mindfulness if i miss my uh, awareness always we are in trouble we always in trouble no need to miss like a day or two just miss one moment that's what i figured when i miss my practice one second one minute i'm in trouble think about how weak we are how weak our minds are so that means this mindfulness practice for us 24/7 24/7 so people believe after they come to this path or meditation practice or spiritual journey after i do a four one then i'm done i'm peaceful i'm happy i'm content it is not true it is not doing like a physical exercise no we have to do it every day every single minute so we have to train our mind then we have to live with it every single minute every single second so think about being a buddhist monk it doesn't matter being a mother being a father being a business owner and we always going through our rough time in our life so when you experience those kind of moments how do you do it how do you handle it so one thing i experience how weak i am still i am so weak and the second thing i realize still i have some areas in my life i have to take care of the third thing i realize still i have some areas in my mind i don't see clearly then i realize those areas i had to penetrate i had to go deep i had to dig so then i realize when i can dig into those uh, weaknesses and difficulties then i can find the weak points and also then i can find uh, the roots then is related to my childhood experiences maybe they are related to my uh, life experiences uh, maybe those are related to um, uh, who uh, live within with my life and maybe my parents and my friends or my family it doesn't matter who they are so so many things in our life we don't see sometimes so the word in the buddhist teaching we call the anusaya the translation i can make latent what is latent english teachers please explain <laughs> what is latent yes jesus <laughs> huh? well something waiting to arise waiting to arise and deep it is hidden mm-hmm. yeah so do you believe that sometimes we don't see those things we are deep inside and waiting so what happened sometimes people go to uh, intensive meditation courses like 10 day vipassana it's great you know that's wonderful 
I can remember one person, uh, she did 10-day uh, Vipassana retreat. After three days, uh, she quit. And she came home and she called me. And she said, Bhante, I really want to sit down with you. I feel terrible. And she was crying on the phone. And so I asked her to come here. Then we sit down and talk. And then I asked what happened. So I was so excited. Number one, <laughs> excited to go for that 10-day uh, intensive Vipassana retreat. So I was there and I didn't have that much personal guidance and I was sitting quite silent. So second day I felt the storm is coming. Then I was trying to figure out myself, no, I caught into the storm, I felt I'm floating now. And third day I couldn't handle myself and I felt all the things I did in my life as a child with my parents, the hurt and disappointments and anger and everything uh, coming to the surface. They are look ugly, they are look like demons and I felt I won't kill myself. That's how I felt. Then it was very scary and so then I thought the best thing, I had to run away. So then she was thinking, the best person I can talk because, you know, the maybe Bhante will answer my phone. And I want to go and talk because, you know, this place sitting here with my um, uh, difficulties, it doesn't help in this moment. I think she made the right choice because she didn't have any help in this moment. So what I'm telling you, when we practice meditation, don't believe always happiness will arise. Always contentment will come to your life. It is not. When you are practicing longer years or longer days, don't believe always something good will come. It is not true. So people are so excited when you go to meditation. Oh, I will be so happy. I will be so peaceful. I will be content right after I get out from the retreat. It is not true. When you go to a longer retreat, first experience, is anger. It's anger. I, I can remember, uh, I think Jason was there a long time ago. It's the, the, what is the retreat center we did the meditation? No, the, over there in Harvard somewhere. Uh, still, uh, still waters, right? So we did a silent retreat or something. Um, yeah, you know, long time ago, maybe nine years ago, I think. And so that's the first time we did a silent retreat at the Blue Lotus Temple. It is very unusual for everybody. So anyway, in the beginning, I gave some instructions. Then I said, you know, don't do, you know, quote about the excitement. This will be wonderful. Maybe something difficult will, be, will come to your mind. Maybe anger will arise. So I warned them. But in that moment, I, I can see everybody's faces, they don't believe it. Oh, no, it's a meditation practice, it will be fine, we are going to enjoy it. And so then everybody enjoyed. Then I had the, you know, the private, you know, the personal interview in the late in the afternoon. So one person came and told me, Bhante, I'm so glad you want us. So I was freaking angry. <laughs> I cannot believe how much angry I was. The first feeling I had in my mind, I really want to kill Bhante Sujata. <laughs> That's how he felt. Because I am the one who put everybody beside him. So he had the anger with me. 
Because I'm the one who gave all the instruction to be, be quiet and be silent. That's the first thought arising in my, I really want to kill him. <laughs> so, you know, he was so honest and he came to me and said, you know, this is how I felt. This is how I felt. I totally angry. I'm so glad I, you know, I warned them, otherwise he will kill me. <laughs> so he didn't do that. So think about it. And so he didn't do that. I, I did the blue lotus there, but anyway. And so think about how our practice is going always. So being a Buddhist monk, middle of, you know, thousand people, I felt myself, I'm in terrible and, you know, the really difficult moment. And as a meditation practitioner, as a yogi, middle of the retreat, he or she feels the same thing. What is that nature? Our human nature. Our human nature. So, there's a next point. When you go through that rough time or rough air in our spiritual journey, what we need to handle that? That's what I figured. What do you need? There's a wonderful tool we have to have in our spiritual practice. We always doing it here. We always talking about it. Loving kindness. Loving kindness. It is. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> it's very important. We need loving kindness. Loving kindness towards who? Ourselves. To accepting who we are. In that moment, middle of the Seattle airport, I felt angry. I felt disappointed, I felt painful, I felt terrible, and I felt, you know, so bad. But the good thing about, in my mind, deep somewhere, I had something beautiful, many years what I practiced, accepting myself where I am. Accepting myself where I am. So I accepted myself. As lovingly, it didn't take even five minutes. I'm so grateful for my practice in that moment. It didn't take even five minutes. Even I called Sumana. I said, I don't know what happened to me that night. I, I, I felt terrible. And then he asked, what's wrong? You know, what, what can I do for you? He said, nothing, you know. And, and also, that moment I felt, nobody cannot help me. That's another realization I had. Nobody cannot help me. I saw so many people, beautiful people, children, and so many people walking around me. I know home, I have monks, I have bhikkhuni, I have my friends, I have my parents and so many friends around the world. I can call thousands of people. Then I felt nobody cannot help me in this moment. And I felt helpless. Then I was thinking, is it a good thing or bad thing to be helpless? I felt it is a good thing. When I felt I'm helpless, then I had to figure out myself. Then I'm so grateful for my teachers, my the practice, the Buddha or the Dharma and everything. I push myself to the side, I close my eyes, it's helped me to see what is happening in my mind. That is the beauty of this practice. Now you can see how much this practice supporting us, help us to stay in the moment? How powerful this practice? So doing meditation like five, ten minutes every day, you know, you can say, oh, I'm a great spiritual being. No way. No way. <laughs> you know, think about, I, you know, if I want to feel disappointed myself, being practicing as a monk 30 plus years, I'm failing. I'm failed. 
So, but I don't look at that way angrily myself, but I see as a beauty to learn something wonderful about myself. So, because I have to have some kind of breakdown once in a while to see who I am. Otherwise, what will happen to us? What will happen to me, honestly? Then I am building ego. Oh my God, I was a Buddhist monk all my life. I am the greatest person in the world. <laughs> Be honest, I am not. Don't worship to me. <laughs> I am not. Because, I, you know, we have weaknesses. But being and seeing and myself, I felt so grateful. I felt so happy. I felt uh, content and I have my tools to fix myself. That is the beauty of practice. So sharing this experience, what I am telling you, we are helpless no matter who we are. We are helpless no matter how much money we have. So then I traveling and traveling and traveling, then I end up for the Thanksgiving in the San Diego. So then, now I am fully focused, I know what is happening. Then I saw some people. Two groups I experienced while I was there. One group of people, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of uh, material, you know, the you know, material, and extremely unhappy. Then I met another group who come to that place where I was, <laughs> and looking at those people and those, you know, the material things, beautiful houses, and they hate to seeing those. One people having those things, you know, the unhappy in life. Other person <laughs> seeing somebody has those things, you know, you know, telling me one thing, this is disgusting. That's the word he used. Being in that place. So then I was thinking, who is right, who is wrong? What do you think? Who is right, who is wrong? Then I was thinking, having money for one person, I cannot say he's right, he's containing how he's happy. The person who looking at those money and material thing is complaining, he's not right either. He has anger. So the missing part is, you know, the not have or have not, that's not the problem. That was I figured. The problem, how we manage, how we doing that. So then I did a meditation with a um, couple of family members. You know, there's a three children, beautiful three children. And so we just did like a 30 minutes meditation. I guided, you know, the very, even not deep, you know, the meditation practice. It's like a relaxation technique. That's what I did. So right after, you know, the dad, those three children came to me like six, seven and eight, something that age. You know, they said, I cannot even believe, Bhante, this is the best time in our lives. Those children said. So those, you know, the two girls, they came to airport to drop me with the grandmother. <laughs> and she, you know, the, you know, she's eight years old. She came to, you know, give me a hug and said, Bhante, I miss you so much. You are leaving, but I practice meditation every day. She promised. She, she just said to me, but think about even that beautiful child, her mind, she felt that beauty of this meditation practice. So now my point, my summary, don't walk away from the path. 
Don't walk away from the path. Don't think it's too much. Oh, I did too much meditation. Don't think like that. You know, there's no too much meditation. And then don't think, you know, I'm coming to the temple too much. So the happiness is too much. There's no such thing. So please come every day to temple. Now we have six classes per week. Six classes, meditation classes per week. Any temples in, in this country, go and check. Six meditation classes per week. I don't believe so. I really believe, you know, except the retreat centers, this is the only place in this country, six meditation classes per week for the regular members. That is wonderful. So please take that opportunity and practice every day. Otherwise, definitely, one day you will think, oh, I'm a Blue Lotus member, I'm practicing meditation, now I'm the beginning of the temple. But one day you will crash down exactly what happened to me at the Seattle airport. So it is okay, that's not a bad thing. But the practice is more important than what you believe. So, any questions? Any thoughts? How do you feel about your practice? You feel, you feel doing good? You have to focus on more? You see the weaknesses, where you are? What is happening in your life? Because I, you know, what I experienced at the airport, I can observe myself, I have to take care of myself, I don't need to share experience because I'm a Buddhist monk, I don't want to talk to people about it. Right? I can do that too. But why I share this story? Because I want to be honest, I want to tell you it will happen to any human being anywhere in the world. And the other good quality, when you read, is for the Ratana Sutra. Hey, what is it called? Uh, Ratana Sutra in English? Uh, uh, um, I don't, I yeah, so Ratana, there's a sutra, you know, all these people now practicing the chanting in that sutra. And Buddha said, the person who practice, person who practice, little by little, day by day, he or she, Whatever things we experience in, in our life, he or she doesn't hide. Does make sense? Doesn't hide. Very open, very genuine, uh, honest. Not acting, I'm great or something like that. You know, just open and nothing to hide for that person. So that's why I, I was thinking this is a great story to you know, share with you all in this moment, in this morning to understand in your spiritual journey where you at, to see where you at. Any questions? Yes. Well, just a comment that your idea of just taking five minutes mm -hmm. made a big difference. And I find myself if I don't if I don't think that I have to sit for a half an hour, mm -hmm. you know, get it organized, sit down. Mm -hmm turn off the phone. If I just stop mm -hmm. um, for even two minutes, yeah. just stop where mm -hmm. I am and, and stop, I can be standing or sitting, mm -hmm. um, then I'm more successful in doing that several times a day yes. than in yes. making a big ordeal. Yeah, that's a big deal. That five minutes is a great deal. Um, I can remember a long time ago when I was in Australia, 
I did a retreat of my 20s. And so then I asked people, oh, you know, they asked how long we have to practice Bhante. I said 45 minutes. Because I didn't have that many experience too, because, you know, my, you know, the, you know, the early 20s. And then all the Sri Lankan people said, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so how we are going to practice 45 minutes every day? Then I was thinking, oh, maybe that's true. <laughs> and so then what I did, then I had to do the second day retreat, then I started to think. And so then I know how to trick people. <laughs> and so then, you know, then again we had that question. Then I asked, how about one minute? Then they said, oh, that's wonderful. One minute, we can do one minute. <laughs> so I know, you know, people do more than one minute after that. But what I did, I make, you know, I tricked them, you know. And so then the person who, you know, said, oh, that's beautiful, we can do one minute. And one day he came to me and said, Bhante, easily we can go 15 minutes, no problem. So if you take very short period of time for your own practice, it's a big change of your life. You know, the five minute is great, yes. I think too that sometimes it's a matter of perception. Mm -hmm. Like you took the five minutes to have a little talk with yourself mm -hmm. and realized I'm not angry, I'm not mad, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Now, did your fatigue level change? No. But your perception changed mm -hmm. and you felt better. Mm -hmm. and I recently heard that at this time of the year in this part of the country, the amount of sunlight we have is minimal and a lot of folks might be feeling kind of bad and they don't like physically, mm -hmm. it's actually we need more sunlight. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just having the idea of the perception mm -hmm. and the knowledge to yeah. help us feel better too. Right, exactly, you know, how we think. And so, other thing I experience, um, I don't know how much you agree with that. So when mentally we tired, <coughs> physically we tired too, when we get mentally tired and exhausted, Physically, we feel drained and no energy. Then we have to sleep more hours to renew ourselves. So, when you have mental powers, mentally you are doing good, you are more mindful, you are more aware, your practice is going well, then our physical health is better. You know, our physical uh, strength is we have more. Then, no need to have more sleep. Then we can cut down a little sleep, but I'm not asking you to do that because I'm telling my experience. Then when you have more mental clarity, then our physical body is not more tired. So when mentally we tired, then we need more physical uh, rest. That's, that's what I experience. I, I talked to a couple of yogis who practice very deep meditation practice. So one of uh, the great teachers, she told me, um, I don't sleep more than four hours. Day. That's wonderful because she looks healthy and happy and joyful. But I can see the mental clarity is affecting to our physical body too. So this, you know, mind is very powerful organ we have. Anything? My I was going to say, I, um, I get a number of those meltdowns in my, in my day. And, uh, <laughs> uh, they used to throw me a lot lot more and it was really hard to recuperate from them because I would dwell on it and stuff and think that and kind of be afraid for that happening again mm -hmm. you know and uh, I, I think it took me a, a, quite a while to be able to just recover from those and be able to just 
see those clearer like you did you know, and uh, get through it. And the one thing I noticed is if I have a long stretch of things are going really well and you, you see that maybe someone else freaking out or whatever in their life and you kind of wonder, oh, how can they do that? What's wrong with them? And then all of a sudden when you have like one of your own little episodes, you say, oh my gosh, you know, that's exactly how they did it. You know, I, I, you know, because you forget at times when things are going well for you. Yeah, exactly. Always things happening to us like that. Anything? Any thoughts? Yes. I just want to say that I've only been coming here since August, but I could really relate to what you said about anger. And when I came, I was I was very angry, and I didn't realize I had all this anger inside. And I was led to get a book. Uh, by the Vietnamese monk. And I read that and it was it was like right in my face. Mm -hmm. And once I learned I had to release that and I feel so free. Mm -hmm. I just can't believe I walked around with all that anger. Yeah. And it's just such a freedom. Oh that's great. Yeah. That. See think about how practice stop, right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for so much for sharing it. Anything, any comments, concerns about your practice? <laughs> yes. You know, um, I don't know if you said this or one of the books that I read is said that, you know, you should be thankful for those difficult moments because yeah. you can learn and grow from those situations. Yeah. Yes. I mean during the in the moments that you're feeling bad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good and you mm -hmm. want to get away from it, but you know, when it passes, you know, everything's impermanent. Mm -hmm. You can look back on that. Yeah. And, uh, so I think that's totally true what you said, you know, that we have to be grateful for those moments. And what I felt, you know, the Buddha came to me in a different form <coughs> while I was going through the time. And Buddha came from, from the different form. So I realized it, I saw it, I learned from it. And so I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. So always don't get angry with those experiences and be grateful and start over, you know, the sea where you at. So I hope everybody enjoyed this morning and so thank you so much. And so any new people today?